Our scripture this morning is from Matthew 1, verses 18 through 21. This is found on page 807 in your pew Bible. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But he considered these things, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. A few years ago, um, it seemed like the term toxic masculinity was in vogue. I was hearing a lot about that. I don't know if it's still being talked about or if I've just grown numb to it. Um, I thought it was interesting at the time this was coming out and, and um, anything men was uh, kind of feeling under attack. Um, there was also a growing amount of evidence showing what many have called a crisis among men and boys in our um, society. Um, this is a summary of a, uh, a book that's being reviewed that I just kind of sums it up. It's not difficult to understand why this crisis across every significant societal metric from suicide and incarceration to life expectancy, college dropout rates, and mass shooting, boys and men are in crisis. There's been a few books covering the, the growing amount of reports showing, um, in many ways, decline of men, decline of boys, and, um, and really evidence that, that that impacts everyone. So for men to not do well, it's not just a men issue. It means it's not well for anyone, for, for, for families, and overwhelmingly is uh, the understanding that we need fathers, we need men in the home who model and show, and um, that this is just one of the things that makes a huge difference of any family and uh, on all sorts of um, statistics for um, children growing up to have that influence and impact is critical. I always thought um, the, the toxic masculinity outcry from media and commercials was rather interesting since in many ways they were being pretty hypocritical because they had for years marketed to the baser parts of men that they were then criticizing. And the media that was doing this was also very much part of the issue. I mean, you can't replace Andy Griffith and Father Knows Beth with Al Bundy and Homer Simpson and expect men to see that and uh, to, to lack a model of any kind of goodness um, on shows and, and not see um, potential impact. So, so very much we've, we've seen fewer and fewer models of uh, men in shows. I, I got growingly frustrated as I would take Graham to see Star Wars or Lego, and the overwhelming message in, for a while there was boys should shut up and listen to the girls. And so I took him home and showed him real, real Star Wars. 
made sure I got the one where Han shot first. Let's get it straight. So, but anyway, it's bizarre that we've been trying to treat toxic masculinity by keeping the toxic part and trying to throw out the masculine part. We need men. We need men to be men. We need men to be good, godly, redeemed, masculine men. And so as we hear about Joseph, I just want to lift him up as a good model for us of um, redeemed masculine character, a godly man. Um, this is not exclusive, so you know, these are traits all of us should share, but we, we need men doing this. And um, the raising of families and being there in, in the community, um, we, we, we see a, a good picture of that in Joseph. So I'm just going to point out a few things we see in this story that show us Joseph's character worthy of emulation. The first is he was a righteous man. He was a just man. That's what we're told, that um, when, mother, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. It was by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. And I, I love the way this holds this together because a lot of times we think of righteousness and justice as you hold by the rules. And that is correct. But we see his righteousness not just shown in, I'm going to hold to the rules. Uh, the rule was here she who appears to have um, had a child by someone other than Joseph, Joseph's right, Joseph's um, would be just to say, um, I, I'm not following through with this. I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to put you away because being betrothed meant they had not come together in marriage, but they were under contract. They were under covenant with one another. And so there was the correctness of saying, I can, you know, we, we can say I'm, I'm not going through with this, but his justice, his righteousness was that he wasn't going to put her to shame. That, that he was going to do good, but he was going to care for her. See, he could have gone to everybody and said, here's this, not, not me, and she would be judged and condemned by the society. But his justice was he could also go to a couple of witnesses and not make a public spectacle of this and protect her. And that's what he was, his heart was, was he, he's going to do this, but he's going to do it in the right way of not harming her which would lead to her condemnation. He cared for her even when he thought that he had been wronged. Um, so his righteousness and justice of not just following the letter of the law, but the spirit of compassion and care for her. The second thing is not only was a righteous and a just man, he was not rash. He was a deliberate and patient man. How do we know that? Well, look at there. As um, in, in verse 20, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. In other words, he, he didn't just say, here's the evidence, this is wrong, and I'm going to be done with this out of a temper tantrum. He's pondering the best way to do things. He's, he's meditating. He's, he's pondering and, and contemplating. He's being deliberate. He's not driven by his passions and his anger. He is um, obedient to listening to the Scripture and, and, and thinking through things patiently and with wisdom, uh, which leads us to the third thing. Not only was he just, not only was he 
patient and, and being deliberate, but he also was receptive to God. He was obedient to God. He listened to what God said. God told him the situation. Uh, the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, and just as a side, the only one outside of Jesus who is called son of David in the New Testament, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. She is conceived of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. He will call his name as Jesus, and he obeys. Now, I think, you know, we, this is condensed. We probably have weeks or months of what's going on, but I, I think there's something, not just this, this sudden dream, but I think there's a reception to the things of God and openness to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, uh, contemplation and prayer that leads him to be open to hear God speak to him. And as God speaks to him, he, obey, he obeys. Three times in the stories of Joseph, uh, we're, we're told of how he arises and goes and obeys what God has commanded him. So he was a just man. He was a deliberate man. He was um, receptive and obedient to the Spirit. And, and we don't cover it here, but following this story is the famous story of the, the, the wise men coming and bringing gifts and worshiping and Herod wanting to destroy the child. And you'll remember the story of, uh, again, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, arise and take the child to Egypt, flee to safety. And so we see again Joseph being obedient. And the fourth thing I want to point out is that he protects his family. He provides safety and security for Jesus and Mary as they go to Egypt to flee to safety. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, you know, the, the idea that uh, men, we're, we're taught that we're to uh, protect and provide security and safety to our families, and that is, that is what we see here. Uh, but so often I think we take that as, a, um, you know, that, Every threat is to be challenged. Everything is to be engaged. And what we see here is a wisdom of he, he can't do anything about the situation other than to get his family away. He can't do anything about Herod's power. And so this protection, this safety is to get them into a safe place. Um, and so we are, we are called to do this. He uh, protects and provides and brings them back when, when the time of Herod's death has passed. And so we see in here his righteousness, his deliberation, his obedience to God, his, which I think would point to a prayer life, and his protection to the family to bring them in. And we see this as very much things we can emulate. Um, you know, I think when we think of protecting families nowadays, that really has a lot to do with being aware of the influence that's coming into our homes. Um, it has a lot to do with the, the emotional health of our family, and, and do they feel security? Do they feel safety? Do they, they, do they know they have a place of love and acceptance? Um, do, they, do they know they have a place where they are um, uh, protected from harm and, and kept safe so that they can be who God is bringing them to be? So let me just a few things to point out about modeling this. If Joseph was obedient and receptive to the Spirit's guidance through the Lord speaking to him, we need to be receptive. We need to be obedient. But, but in order to do that, we have to be where we're hearing God's word for us, where we're listening to God speak to us. I mean, to obey God's word assumes that you've heard God's word. And for us, that means spending time 
praying, reading the scriptures, um, listening to God um, as he speaks by his Holy Spirit through the scriptures. So, you know, we, we, we hear these things and we have to bring it down to very practical matters. So for that means we need to make sure that we're carving out time to spend with God in prayer, listening to his word, and being obedient to it, not just to fill our head up with knowledge, but to hear what he says to us and to trust it and obey it. And so how are you doing on that? How are you doing at carving out time? I've heard someone point out that in the last day, Facebook and Twitter and all Instagram will be great proofs that our saying we didn't have time to pray was a lie. You know, we can find time for all sorts of trivia Do we find time to spend in God's Word? Um, Starting a new year, New Year's resolution, if you don't do this, could I encourage you to find some sort of regular time that you set aside and say, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read Scripture. It might be as simple as reading a chapter of Scripture and spending time in prayer. Um, It might be getting a devotional, a, a Bible reading plan, and committing to try to reading through the New Testament in the year, reading through the Bible in the year, whatever it is. It's more that you do it and do it consistently and do it with the idea of not just, um, I've checked this off, I'm a good Christian boy, but that you're, you're spending time with a God who loves you and is, is guiding you and directing you. I will let me commend one resource. I got a, um, a Christmas gift of a devotional that I love. It brings together uh, prayers through the centuries and a reading plan that I, I've used. It's called uh, Be Thou My Vision. If you need a, um, in, you know, an idea, I'll be happy to share that with you. There's, there's plenty of resources um, that can lead you to do that. Um, get, get one and use it and commit to it. The second thing we see here, and all these characteristics and all these traits, one of the things that stands out is his covenant faithfulness. Joseph is, is faithful to the covenant he's made, even when things didn't go the way he expected them to. I, I just have to imagine what it must have been like to travel um, to Bethlehem to give birth and have all those questions in your head. I wonder what it was to, to travel to Egypt and for Joseph to think, I really wanted to go back home. I, I didn't want all this. And I, I, this isn't something I asked for, and, and this isn't my child, and, and now I'm having to leave my family. I'm having to leave my friends to provide safety how easily Joseph must have been tempted to just walk away and say, you know, this isn't what I imagined. This isn't what I expected. But Joseph didn't look at Mary as someone to please him and to fulfill him and to make him happy. He didn't look at this baby Jesus as someone who's going to be there to provide for him. He looked at them as a covenant relationship that he had entered into so that whatever came... He was giving himself to them. So they weren't something to fulfill him. Love and covenant love is is not just to make my desires full, but but even as he's with her, not knowing her and and knowing all these things are coming to um, be difficult for his life, he willingly accepts it, giving up his dreams and giving up his idea of what this marriage was going to be so that he was faithful in this covenant love, willing to accept the child, willing to accept exile, willing to accept danger. 
how different it is to look at people and rather seeing them as someone who is supposed to provide for me sense of meaning, provide for me happiness, provide for me fulfillment, and to see that we can love others not on the basis of what they do for us and what we get out of it, but true love is giving for their well-being. Well, do you feel like your to-do list has grown? <laughs> do you feel the, the, the good news of, yes, let me go try harder? Let me go love someone who's difficult to love. Let me do something um, that I don't get anything out of it. No, we can't do that in our own strength. We, we can't look at others as not someone to provide for us unless we provide, see who has provided for us. We, we can't be obedient to God until we see his goodness for us. We, we can't really be faithful in these things um, until we see the power of God in this picture of Joseph. Because he shows us our heavenly father. All these characteristics are not just things that we say, okay, I can do that. I can, I can muster up the willpower. And I can be a better person. I can be like Joseph until we see that Joseph is showing an image of our heavenly father. For he was faithful to us, giving of himself to fulfill covenant promises. He is not driven by any need or passion or anything. He is given fully by his wisdom. And he is a perfectly just God. Even in this act of justice that Joseph did, he shows us Jesus. He shows us the love of God. You see, when, when Joseph did not put Mary aside, when Joseph didn't say, y'all, this is not my child, I'm doing away with her. Joseph was, in essence, taking Mary's shame and guilt on himself because in public display, he was kind of saying, this is my child, this is good, and saying that all the wrong was actually on him. And isn't that a picture of what Jesus does to us, that he goes to the cross and he takes our guilt and our shame so that we can be freed, we can be saved, we can be protected. And if you understand that, if you understand that love and that faithfulness, you, you don't need anything from someone else. You have it in God the Father, and so now you can give yourself in love and commitment to others. And, and I, I skipped this earlier, but I want to come back to it. because. Joseph also gave this love that we receive to a son that wasn't his. Men, you might have some boys in your life that God has brought to you by his providence that you can have an impact on. And I don't know where that is for, for, for all of us, but it might be that God in his providence has brought a young man or a boy into your life I want to encourage you to look at Joseph and all these things he did, not only for his family, um, but for one who wasn't his own. And I, I, I've shared with you all, I, I grew up on a boy's ranch. There was a lot of boys without a dad. And I looked at them, and, you know, in, 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 in getting some distance, I realized how many of those um, boys had no hope until a man stepped in and said, I'll be a father for you. 
and um, how it did have an impact. Some of them didn't see for, for years, but just would encourage you um, to, to do these things, not only for your family, but for those that God has placed in your life providentially. Now unto him who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine, be honor and glory and power forever. Amen.